Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. Today, uh, in continuing in the Jesus Is series that we've started, uh, and what we're going to do every week, we're putting, you know, a different name to that phrase, you know, Jesus is all these different type of things. And today we're going to be looking at Jesus is God's anointed. Jesus is God's anointed. I'm going to encourage you guys to take notes, you guys that are watching online as well. Like I always say, you never know when you need this. And actually, today I'm going to share with you guys one of those life verses uh, one of those verses that has made such an impact in my walk with God. I've held this verse for many, many, many years. Actually, I have a small pocket Bible, all right? And uh, that small pocket Bible has been around with me from before the iPhone. Because before, if you would go do missions, you didn't have an iPhone, you know? So you needed to have a Bible. And I didn't want to have one of these big Bibles underneath my hand or anything like that. And uh, I actually purchased this Bible right after Hurricane Katrina. And we got it in the Louisiana area. We had gone done missions over there. And, uh, and in that Bible, I wrote this verse, this verse that I'm going to share with you. Because I started to believe that God wanted to do supernatural things and touch the lives of the people that we were ministering to. And I got to say, there was a couple of days during that missions trip uh, to Louisiana and to, and to Mississippi. We were in Gulfport, Mississippi, one of the worst destructions that I've seen in all my life. It looked like a bomb had literally landed right there, uh, right on the beach, right on the shore. Uh, the story says that the hurricane, when it came in with the winds and the water, the water rose about 20 to 25 feet above sea level. It went with the wave, and it, they went in about four or five blocks, and everything that was in there, it just sucked it back out into the ocean. It was destroyed. I saw 18 wheelers about a mile into the water, and I was like, how in the world did that get there? And as when the water went in, it pulled it out. And uh, during those days, I had that little Bible, I started to see God do some amazing, amazing miracles and touching the lives of people that were so desperate for God while we were there. They were so desperate. There was this lady that the only way she was able to recognize where her house was was by the tile that she had on the kitchen floor because everything else was destroyed. So she was walking around the debris and the destruction. He goes, this is where my house was at. And I go, how do you know? And she goes, this was my kitchen tile. It, it, was, it was horrible, and, and it was during those moments that we started to pray for people, and we started to see God manifest himself in such, such a mighty way. He would guide our steps, who to talk to, where to go, and there would be manifestations not only of healings during the prayers, but even of supernatural provision while we were there. So it, it was so amazing, and this verse is that verse that took a hold of my heart during that season, and it's found in the book of Acts, chapter 10, verse 38. Acts 10, 38. And it says this. It says, You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed Him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Let's take a moment and pray. Daddy, God, I thank you so much. 
that today you give me the opportunity to stand here in this platform to share your word. I pray, my God, that your word does not return void, but that it will accomplish everything for which you are sending it. Lord, that faith will arise in this place and that, your, and that faith in us, Lord, will allow us to see your miracles, your hands, your sign, your wonders. You move in a mighty way in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. So the word anointed, I know that that's a word that's thrown out a lot, you know, out there, especially around the charismatic, Pentecostal, you know, assemblies of God, you know, and a lot of times... Uh, we really don't know what the word anointed means, but the word anointed is an old word from the Bible that means chosen. Okay, can you say that with me? Chosen. All right. And what they would do is that when there was a king that was going to step into the scene and become, he would be chosen, he would be consecrated, or he would be the anointed king, the one that was coming in, okay, into office to reign, to rule. They, they, they would do with kings at that time. Okay, what they would do with them is that they would take oil, all right? And all of you guys probably know the story of David, you know. And David, the prophet Samuel, comes. He comes into his house. He looks at all his brothers. He says, none of these guys are the ones that God has chosen. And God shows them, hey, it's the smallest one. Don't look at the outward appearance. Look at the heart. And uh, Samuel takes this horn of oil, all right? Back in those days... All right, it was a ram's horn, all right, and they would fill that, they would clean it out, you know, they would use that as a shofar, but they would also fill it with oil, and they took that horn of oil, and what they did is that they would take it and pour it on the head, and in that case of David, anointing him as what? As the coming king, as the one that would rule over the nation of Israel. So today we are talking that Jesus is what? It is God's anointed. Jesus is God's anointed. Jesus is God's chosen, chosen king, God's chosen instrument. Jesus has been placed by God to carry out his will through Jesus Christ. And it says here that Jesus was not anointed with oil. Okay, according to the scripture, Jesus was anointed with what? With the Holy Spirit and power. Jesus was anointed with what church? With the Holy Spirit and power. It wasn't a horn of oil. It wasn't a flask of oil. No, it was the Holy Spirit that came upon him with power to do what? To do God's work. To do God's work. Now, what are the desires of God the Father that he wants to manifest through Jesus? That's what we're going to talk about today. And this series of Jesus is, okay, today there are three specific things, church, all right, that I want for you to learn for which Jesus was anointed by God that will make a difference in your life. Three specific things for which Jesus Christ was anointed by God, okay, that will make a difference in your life. Number one, okay, Jesus was anointed to do the will of God. Jesus was chosen to do the will of God. Jesus was anointed to do the will of God. You know that usually one of the, the, mo the, the, the most the frequent question asked of me as a pastor, when people come to talk to me and stuff like that, they share with me their situation or their problem, and they always come to this point, Pastor, I want to know 
what is God's will? Isn't that something we all want to know? Don't we want to know what God's will is for our life, right? Like, we want to avoid mistakes. We want to, like, please God in everything we do. And, you know, I get that question a lot of times, you know. I want to know what the will of God is. I want to know what God's will is for this situation or for that situation. Well, I want to tell it to you like this, okay. If you want to know the will of God, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Look what the scripture says. Jesus went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. And whatever Jesus was doing, God was there with him. So you want to know what God is doing, you want to look at who? You want to look at Jesus. So for example, John 14. Come with me to John 14, verse 8 through 10. All right, and it says this. Jesus is with his disciples. He's telling them he's about to go. And, you know, they're all worried and asking God, you know, asking Jesus, where's he going? What's going to happen? And then Philip says this. He goes, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. And Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Okay, so let's stop it right there real quick. What is Jesus saying? Whoever has seen him has seen who? Has seen the Father. Now, what Jesus is talking about, he's not talking about physically. Okay, I want you to understand that. Okay, he's not talking about that whoever's seen him physically has seen God. No, 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 he's not talking about that. What Jesus is saying is, whoever has seen me, you're seeing the Father, the manifestation of the Father, the heart of the Father, what the Father wants to do. You want to know where God's heart is at? Let's look at where Jesus' heart is at. And he says, so why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does His work through me. So Jesus went about doing good, healing all those who were oppressed of the devil because God was with Him. Jesus is God's will in action. Okay, I want you to think about that. Jesus is God's will in action. You want to know what God's will is? Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And look at the things that Jesus would do. How He would behave. How He would speak. How He would act. Because Jesus came to reveal the Father. No one has seen the Father except the Son. And Jesus came to make the Father known. Alright? So Jesus was the will of God walking the streets. Jesus was the will of God, okay, walking down the neighborhood. Jesus was the will of God going into the towns. And what was he doing as he was doing these things, as he was going? Well, because God was with him, okay, Jesus went about doing good. That leads me to my second point. Write this down. Jesus was anointed to manifest the goodness of God. Jesus was anointed. Jesus was chosen. Jesus was consecrated. Okay? To manifest the goodness of God. 
as Jesus was going, all right, pay attention, this is very important, he was doing good because God was with him. And God is a good God. Can you say that with me? God is a good God. Okay, now say it like you believe it. God is a good God. And as Jesus was going, what was he doing? He was manifesting the goodness of God. He was manifesting the goodness of God. The goodness of God towards his creation. I want to say something, and this is very important. Okay? And I've said this before, but I need you to understand and let it sink in. Jesus didn't come to give you value. Jesus came because you had value. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God already loved you. He created you for a love relationship with him. And because of sin, that relationship was broken. So when Jesus came, he said, I did not come to condemn the world. I did not come to condemn anyone. You know what Jesus came to do? To manifest the goodness of God. That's why this is so important, church, that you would understand. Because there's so many things going on out there. And it says, it's the kindness of the Lord that leads you to repentance. It's God's kindness. It's not condemnation. It's not pointing out. God could have done it because he's the only perfect one. But when they came to that woman, the Pharisees, that they had caught in adultery, the Bible says that Jesus was kneeling down and he was writing on the dirt. You guys know that? And a lot of theologians have asked themselves, I wonder what he was writing. I wonder what he was writing. What he was writing. You know, some people say that what he was writing there was the sins of the different ones that wanted to stone that lady. <laughs> that would have been neat. Like Jesus says, oh, you think you're perfect? Yeah, I know all your stuff, you know. <laughs> I know where you're coming from. I know what you're doing. But what did Jesus say? He just looked down. And as they were about to stone her, he said, hey, listen. He who has not sinned, let him cast the first stone. And the Bible says that from older to younger. I even like that order. Why? Because the older ones were the ones that had more you know, sin in their life. From older to younger, they let go of their rocks. He who has not sinned, let him cast the first stone. Now, what did Jesus do? He took the woman by the hand. He goes, woman, where are your accusers? She looked around. There was nobody there. And she goes, they're not here. And then he goes, well, neither do I accuse you. Now go and sin no more. So he just didn't leave it, you know, at, okay, you're forgiven. Go. No, no, he told her, hey, don't sin anymore. Don't continue in that lifestyle. Well, you know what Jesus manifested torture? The kindness of God. The goodness of God. She could have deserved something else. You see, I want to tell you mercy, okay, Mercy is when God doesn't give you what you and I deserve. That's what mercy is. What's mercy? When God doesn't give us what we deserve. What is grace? When he gives us what we don't deserve. You see the difference? Mercy is when we, he withholds something that you deserve and he just says, no, I'm just going to show him mercy. Okay? Grace is when he gives us something we don't deserve. And Jesus came to do what? To manifest the will of God. How? It says he went about doing what? Doing good. What was Jesus doing? Jesus was doing good. Let's look at his mission statement. Jesus' mission statement is found in Luke 4, 4 verse 18 and 19. 
And look what Jesus says. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me. He has consecrated me. There's that word again. He has chosen me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, and that the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. So how did God's goodness look through Jesus according to this verse? A verse, I'm sorry, how did it look? Well, good news being preached to the poor. That was God's goodness. Now, when we look at the word poor in the Bible, you think of, you know, what you and I consider poor, and we think it has to do with somebody's financial situation. That's not what Jesus was talking about, all right? Because if Jesus just came to preach good news to the poor, then there was a whole spectrum of society that was being left out, all right? So when the Bible says that Jesus came to preach the good news to the poor, he's talking about the poor in spirit, those that are, listen to what I'm going to say, bankrupt spiritually. And who was bankrupt spiritually? Well, when Jesus came, all humanity. <laughs> Everybody was spiritually poor. Everybody was spiritually disconnected from God. And Jesus came to do what? To preach good news to the poor. That was God's goodness. What else? Procla proclaim freedom to the captives. Proclaim freedom to the captives. You know that? You know, I don't know about you, I love history. And one of my favorite, you know, periods of time that I love to study is, you know, the whole World War II. Anybody, you know, likes World War II and everything that went around there? Coach loves that. You know, I love it. And, you know, I've heard a lot of the stories of the Holocaust. If you want to go somewhere and really invest your time wisely, if you ever go to Washington, D.C., go and visit the Holocaust Museum. It's a four-story building. You just, you're just weep through the place. And see all the destruction, you know, that Hitler caused during World War II, you know, and, you know, the concentration camps and stuff like that. And, 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 and there comes to a point, okay, every floor in the museum is a different moment from that era. When you get to the fourth floor, okay, it's the release of the captives. It's the release of the captives when the Allied forces actually walked into those concentration camps. And they saw, you know, the cars, the jeeps of the allies going through saying, hey, you guys are free. You guys could go. They didn't even understand what that meant. Some of them were so weak, so frail that, that they couldn't even walk towards their freedom. They needed to be put, you know, into ambulances, into cars, and, and, and taken away because, because of the condition. Listen to what I'm going to say. Their cap captors and their captivity had them in. I want to tell you something. If you think Hitler was a bad dude, well, I'm going to tell you, Satan is worse. If you think Hitler was a bad guy in history, I probably consider him the worst guy probably that, has, <laughs> that we know in our time. Satan is worse. And that's what, he do, that's what he does to his captives. That's what he does to the people that are under his power, under his dominion. And Jesus came to proclaim Freedom to the captives. You guys are free. You guys could get, you could go. You're released from that captivity. I paid for you to be free. That's the goodness of God. Jesus went about doing what? Doing good. And then he also says that he came to give new sight 
to those that can see. He came to give sight to the blind. Who are the blind? All those that don't see everything that God has for them, the great things that he has prepared for them. I want to tell you, God has a good plan in mind for each of you guys that are in this room or you watching through that camera. A good plan. He has something good in mind for all of us because He is a good Father. Say with me, God is a good Father. I don't know what kind of Father you had here on earth, but my God, He is a good Father. He knows exactly what we need. He knows where to meet us at. And Jesus said it, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your Father which is in heaven knows how to give good gifts. How many of you guys like gifts? Raise your hand. You know, I, yesterday I heard the story of somebody that got a great gift. Got a thousand dollars pair of Jordans. I was like, man, that's a nice gift. Shoes for a thousand bucks, man. They, and it was a gift. He didn't pay for them. It's a gift. Well, I want to tell you something. The Father knows how to give even better gifts than that. The Father knows exactly what each of His children need in this place. So you know what we do as children? We ask the Father. We ask God. We come and we ask and we tell Him, Daddy God. And that's why I like to call him. You know, I've been in prayer meetings and I start my prayer as daddy God. And you see people like looking at me all weird and stuff like that. He's my daddy. He's my father. You know, what would Jesus say? Abba. The word Abba means daddy. Now it's going to be kind of weird. You know, I'm with a bunch of Cubans. I'm like, Abba. And they're going to be like, what? So I start my prayer, daddy God. <laughs> daddy God. Daddy God knows exactly what we need. And this leads me, okay, to the third reason for which Jesus was anointed. Okay, the third reason for which Jesus was anointed. Jesus was anointed, okay, to set free all those who were oppressed by the enemy. Okay, and I'm going to jump into that. I was talking a little bit about it. Jesus was anointed, chosen by God, consecrated by God, set apart by God to set free all those who were oppressed by the enemy. Let's look at that verse one more time. Acts 10, 38. I want this to sink into your spirit. I'm asking the Holy Spirit, Numa, that this will become a reality in each of our hearts here today. And you know Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and power, and how He went about doing good, pay attention, and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with Him. Let it sink in. Okay? Before I even try to explain it, just let it sink in. Okay? Since God was with Him, since God was with who? With Jesus. Since Jesus was manifesting the will of God wherever he went. All right. Jesus went about doing what? Doing good. And as he was doing good, what was he doing? And he was healing all those that were oppressed by the devil. I'm going to ask the question, what was Jesus doing? According to the scripture here, this is not Pastor Chris's idea. Okay. What was Jesus doing? He was going around healing 
all those that were what? Oppressed by the devil. This leads me to a very important question here today. And what is that question? Does God want to heal today? Does God want to heal today? In our days, in our times, does God want to heal? Because many debate this issue. And I've had people come and debate it. I went to Bible school, guys. All right? At lunchtime, okay, we had 12 guys in a table, and we all disagreed on what we thought about what the Scripture was saying. And one time, Dr. Skodal, all right, right there we know Dr. Skodal. I love Dr. Skodal. all right? Dr. Skodal would say, guys, we have to agree to disagree. And it was like, that sounds like the peaceful path. You know what I'm saying? Instead of trying to cut somebody's head off because they don't agree with you or you don't agree with them scripturally. Hey, let me tell you something. As long as we have the foundations of the faith right, okay, you can interpret it one way, I can interpret it, that's fine. Hey, God's word is the, you know, infallible word of God. Hey, we, we can't be discussing that one. All right, salvation through Jesus. You know, we can't add works and Mary and all these things. No, 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 no. <laughs> hey. But does God want to heal today? I want to tell you what I think. Okay, as your pastor, I want to tell you what I think. I think the answer is yes. I believe that God wants to heal in this day, in this time. The Bible says that Jesus okay, went about doing good and healing all those that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. God's will was being manifested when he was doing this. So it's important for me to state a couple of things here. It says that he was healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. Oh, oh, oh hold on a second. So sickness, pay attention, church. According to the scripture, sickness does not come from God. Where does sickness come from? I'll say it loud. Where does it come from according to the Scripture? Sickness comes from who? From the devil. Alright? Why is it important for me to say this today? Because a lot of us might think that God will use sickness to try to teach a lesson or correct His children. Or is God's will for that person to be sick? I beg to differ. I don't think it's God's will for nobody to be sick. I think God's will is to heal the sick. You guys understand what I'm saying? Sickness, okay. I want to ask, how many parents do I have here today? Parents, daddies, mommies, raise your hand. All right. How many of you guys, your kids sometimes get to like your nerves, raise your hand. Have you ever been to that point? Yeah. Oscar, let's say your kid is so beautiful. That hasn't happened. It doesn't happen. I don't think it won't happen. <laughs> All right. I love them. And it uh, doesn't matter, okay, if your kid gets you to the point that you say, oh, my God, you know, and you bite your... It's like, okay, listen to what I'm going to tell you. All right. A good father, okay, because we have bad fathers. Sadly, we live in a society where we have crazy people. All right. But a good father, okay, will not break his kid's head to teach him a lesson. Okay? A good father will not break his kid's arm to teach him a lesson. 
Right? Any good fathers out there would break their kid's arm to teach him a lesson? No, right? So how do you think that God, okay, is going to oppress somebody with sickness to teach him a lesson? It doesn't go with me. I don't see God like that. I see God as a good father. The giver of good gifts to his children. So theologically correct. Okay, pastor, if God wants to heal everyone, okay, God doesn't want to apply sickness to him. Why is there sickness? Well, theologically speaking, okay, the reason that sickness entered this world was because of the sin of man. And because of the sin of man, okay, this world is under a curse that is being broken by the sons and daughters of God and will be ultimately broken when Jesus returns here to earth to reign. You guys understand what I'm saying? So that's why you have physical sickness. Why you, that's why you have mental and emotional sickness. I think it's very real, guys. All right? And I don't want to over-spiritualize everything. Somebody with a mental problem, I'm not going to come and say, hey, that person being tormented by a demon. No, I think that emotionally, sometimes we have chemical imbalances in our body. I totally believe that. But what do I believe is God's will? I believe God's will is always to heal. And let me tell you something, I'm always going to pray for healing and let God do his will. I'm going to pray for healing. All right, worship team, you guys can come up. I'm going to pray for healing. One day we were having a prayer uh, time here, you know, and we were having, it was a Numa night that, you know, I want to take a moment and let you know that, you know, not this Wednesday coming up, but the Wednesday of the other week, we're going to have our second Numa night of this year, all right? And uh, I love Numa nights because Numa nights, you know, we have a little bit more freedom, you know, with time and stuff like that to, you know, to let us go wherever the Holy Spirit wants to go. And we pray for the sake we do. Uh, a communion during Numa night. So I want to encourage you, not this Wednesday, the following Wednesday, uh, we'll be having that. And we were having a Numa night here. And I remember that somebody, um, which is uh, Harold's mother-in-law, okay, her brother lives in Washington, D.C. He was very sick. And, and look what happened that day. She goes, Pastor, can you come and pray for my brother? And I go, I will certainly pray for him. What does he have? And she told me the sickness that he had. I don't remember at this moment. And you know what? I had the boldness in the spirit to tell her at that moment. Because you got to be sure that it's a spirit. You can't be doing crazy stuff either. And I had the boldness in the spirit at that moment to say, do you have like a handkerchief or like a piece of cloth or something like that? And she goes, yeah, 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 I'll go. And she went to the purse and, and brought something. And I go, you know that in the Bible... There were moments that they would bring handkerchiefs and things to Paul and he would pray over them and they would put it over the sick people and they would get healed. And she goes, I have faith right now to pray over that piece of cloth. And she goes, Pastor, if you believe it, I believe it. I'm like, well, you know what? We're going to put hands on that handkerchief. And guys, I prayed for that handkerchief like if I was doing a deliverance on it, man. I prayed over that handkerchief. I go, Lord, in the name of Jesus, they're going to put this over this man's body. And when they put it, I declare healing in Jesus' name. Now, let me tell you something. I'm not doing that here every Sunday morning. Okay, Numa, the first church of the handkerchief. We're not doing that. You know, be like, what in the world's going on? 
It was a moment that I felt what? Led by the Spirit to do that. And I got that handkerchief. I prayed over it. And a few days later, there was a family member that was going over there to D.C. And you know what they did? They put that handkerchief over that sick person. And guess what happened? Guess what happened? Tell me what happened. You know what happened? He got healed. He got healed. He got healed. Now, it doesn't always go like that. I've had people come here to the front and ask me for prayer. And one time somebody came to pray for a, a, a family member that was sick. And I go, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we declare healing over this person. And I'm always going to declare healing. And two weeks later, I saw the lady come to church and I go, tell me about this person, how they're doing. He goes, oh, pastor. Three days later, after you prayed, they passed away. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. I'm like, please don't tell nobody, you know, just don't tell that I prayed, you know, and they passed. Because they're going to think that pastor's going to be praying for people and now, you know, they're dropping, you know. No! So what do I do? I pray for healing because I believe Jesus came to manifest the will of God, but I know that in each situation and in each circumstance, he has the final word. You guys understand what I'm saying? He has the final word because he's sovereign. And sometimes, I'm going to tell you something, sometimes it's better for God to take the person than even leave them here. That is God's demonstration of love and kindness towards that person. I want to say one last testimony. And then what are we going to do? We're going to pray for healing. I want to say one last testimony. I remember one morning early, I woken up, I was getting ready to wake up the kids and I'm pouring cereal for my son fruit loops to be exact and i have a bowl in my hand i'm pouring the cereal on the milk and all of a sudden i hear like a voice in my heart so clear and that voice told me i'm getting ready to take my your dad home with me i'm getting ready to take your dad home with me you know what happened right i just kept on pouring the fruit loops and kept pouring the fruit loops and the thing just <laughs> I forgot what was happening at that moment. I was like, Lord, what are you telling me? And my wife came down and saw me like a little puzzled and startled and everything. And I'm like, babe, I just think I heard Daddy God say that he's getting ready to take my dad home with me. At that moment, my dad had no sign of sickness. He had been cancer-free for years. My dad had cancer when I was 18. He got operated. He was cancer-free for many years. And this is 2014, 19 years later. And all of a sudden, my dad tells me a few days after that, not even three weeks after it, that he has to go to the hospital. He has pain on his back. The year before, he had pain on his back, and it, had, it was a sciatic nerve. And they gave him a shot, released the nerve, and he was good. And this time he goes, I'm going to go to the hospital. I think that nerve is, you know, pinched again and this and that. And we were doing missions and we're in, in, in Homestead. And my dad goes into the hospital, and later that night, he says, listen, tomorrow morning, you know, when you're done with the service, I need you to come. That was the hardest day that I've ever preached. And he goes, I need you to come because a doctor needs to talk to you. I got cancer again, and it's spreading. I'm like, oh, man. What had I heard a few weeks before? I'm getting ready to take your dad home with me. So inside of me, I thought, well, I guess cancer showed up to usher him home. 
Because I'm never going to give credit to any sickness, by the way. <laughs> God turns all things for good. That's what the Bible says. I'm never going to give him credit. I'm not going to give the enemy credit for nothing. I'm like, oh, this cancer is bringing my daddy home. And when I went in there to the hospital, next day, Pastor Fernando was there with me. I'm glad he was there, man. Because you could be ready, but when you hear the words, all right, it was October 31st, it was November 1st. And the doctor says, he won't make it to the end of the year. I was like, hold on a second. Literally, there's like a month and a half left for the end of the year. What do you mean, doctor? You got this wrong. No, he won't make it to the end of the year. And you know what? My daddy passed away that December 23rd. And I had people come and ask me, and that's why I'm sharing this testimony. They come and ask me, Pastor, why didn't we pray for healing for your dad? And I go, because I had a word. I had a word, I had a word, I had a word, a word that was comforting my heart, a word that told me I'm getting ready to take your dad home, even though... Okay, it was something terrible that was happening. I had a word from God. So during that time, I said, just let it be. This is what God wants right now. And I didn't pray for healing for my dad. You know what I prayed? Lord, take him home as soon as you can because he was suffering. He was in so much pain. He had a stage four cancer in all his bones and his back. And when that thing started to press, I would hear my daddy scream with pain. I was like, Daddy God, just take him home. That was God's goodness at that moment. But you know why I'm telling you this? Because I believe God is a good God. And I believe Jesus is the manifestation of the will of God here on earth. And when I want to know what the Father's doing, I look at what Jesus did. You know what Jesus did? Jesus go around healing the sick. Actually, those of you, okay, that like scripture, 1 John 3, 8 says, For this reason, the Son of God appeared to destroy the works of the devil. And there's certain scriptures that I found in the Bible where it says that Jesus healed all. Now that's crazy. Matthew 4, you can write this down. I'm not going to go into it on the screen, but write this down. This is homework, guys. Matthew 4, 23 and 24. It says all were healed. Matthew 8, 16 and 17, all were healed. Matthew 9, 35, all were healed. Matthew 12, 15, Jesus healed them all. Mark 6, 56, and all that touched his garment were healed. Luke 4, 40. And Luke 6, 17 through 19, all were healed. And Acts 5, 16 blows my mind because it says that they were lay the sick out in the street when Peter was walking by to see if his shadow would fall on the sick people because when the shadow would touch the sick people, they were, listen, all healed. So I don't pray to the Lord, Lord, anoint my shadow. I haven't done that prayer. I'll be honest with you guys. But you know what I tell the Lord? Lord, use me to walk in the same way that Jesus walked. And what was Jesus doing? He was going about doing good because God was with him. And he healed all those that were oppressed of the devil. I want you to close your eyes right there where you're at this morning. This is teaching, this is testimony, this is conviction. This is a bunch of things that I just wanted to share with you guys today. But all I want to tell you today, God is a good God. 
Okay? And Jesus manifests the will of God. And the will of God is to heal. Jesus is God's anointed. God's anointed. God's chosen instrument. And this morning, he's here. He's there with you that are watching right now. And if you're dealing with any sickness in your body, or maybe a family member, we just prayed for Joanna a few minutes ago before I started preaching. You have sickness in your body. You have a family member that is sick. And you've been praying for that person and that healing has not yet manifested. If you're here in this room, can you stand up if either you're sick or you've been praying for somebody that is sick and that healing hasn't manifested, stand up. If you're watching online, you're in your bedroom, you're in your living room, you're in a hotel room, wherever you are, if you could stand, stand in faith right there where you're at. We're just going to grab hold of this scripture here today. Maybe we just want to declare God's goodness over your life or the life of your loved one. Just take a moment, just close your eyes right there where you're at. Oh, I believe his presence is here. Holy Spirit is here in this room. He's touching our lives. He's touching our hearts. So we worship you, Lord. We bless you, God. Oh, we create an atmosphere in this place where you feel welcome to do those things that only you could do. And Daddy God, right now I pray that you would take a look at each of my brothers and sisters that are standing here today. Father, whether they're standing for themselves or they're standing on behalf of somebody, Lord, you know that person. You know them by name. And all that I know is that you are a good God. You're a good Father. You are the giver of good gifts. And right now, Daddy God, I pray for healing in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I take hold of your scripture. And Jesus, you went about doing good and healing all those that were in those meetings. Sometimes he would stay there until late at night, praying, healing, deliverance over people. I pray that over them right now. I declare broken bodies be healed in Jesus' name. Broken bodies be healed in Jesus' name. Emotional sickness right now. I speak healing over emotional sickness right now in Jesus' name. I declare that you make the thought process whole of those that are dealing with their emotional thoughts. That they calm and torment them. I speak healing right now in Jesus' name. I pray against all disease. And I declare that all disease and all sickness does not come from God. It comes from the enemy that has come to kill, steal, destroy. And I declare freedom right now in the mighty name of Jesus. From all oppression of the devil. Freedom right now in the name of Jesus. Freedom right now in the name of Jesus. I declare testimonies will come from this moment right now because Lord it is you Jesus it is you Jesus it is your name above every other name and we declare Jesus your name 
over cancer right now. Even though we prayed for Joanna right now, we pray over that cancer once again and we speak healing in Jesus' name. We declare that the name of Jesus is above the name of cancer. It's above the name of heart disease. It's above the name of high blood pressure in Jesus' name. Leukemia, go in Jesus' name. Any sickness that has to do with, with your breathing, go in Jesus' name. Oh, faith is activated. Faith is activated right now. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. We worship you, Lord. We worship you right now. We worship you, Lord. I'm going to invite everybody to stand up in this room. Just stand up. Just raise your hands towards heaven this morning. Oh, let your faith rise as we sing, as we worship. Oh, we praise you, God. We praise you, Lord. start to thank God right there where you're at. In faith, thank God for your healing or the healing of that family member. Just start to thank Him right there where you're at. Receive it in faith today. Jesus, right now, we want to give you praise. Jesus, right now, we want to give you praise. Jesus, right now, we want to thank you. We want to thank you, Jesus, for manifesting the will of our Heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus. And right now, we receive all the benefits that were paid for us on the cross and through your resurrection, Jesus. We receive all those benefits, Lord God, as your children. And we declare, Lord, that you will continue working in our lives. We declare, Lord, that your work will not stop in our lives. We receive your goodness. Daddy God, we say that you are a good Father. You're a good God. And we love you with all our hearts. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. And right there where your eyes close and head bowed. If anybody in this room or watching through that camera has never invited Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, I cannot let you leave this room or end this transmission without giving you that opportunity. 
If today you're in this place and you say, you know what, I don't think I have forgiveness of sins, how you mentioned that at a moment, you know, I've done a lot of things and I feel far away from God. Well, today you can leave this place as God's son, God's daughter, not through your own righteousness, not through your own works, but through what Jesus Christ already did on the cross for you and me. He went to that cross to pay for your sins when he resurrected. He defeated death. And I can stand here in front of you today and say that if you put your faith in Jesus, doesn't matter how many sins you've committed, you become a son or daughter of God. All your sins are forgiven and you receive the gift of eternal life. And if today in this room or through that camera, you want to make that decision, where your eyes closed, head bowed, make this prayer, Lord Jesus, today I invite you into my life and I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I want to thank you for paying the price for my sin. I ask you for forgiveness for my sin. Right now I take hold of your sacrifice for me and I declare that your sacrifice is sufficient to give me eternal life, which I take hold of right now. Right now, I declare myself a son or daughter of God through faith in Jesus. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and allow me to live for the purpose that you have with my life. In Jesus' mighty name. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.